Al-Bayan Radio presents the following program presented by Nidal Ayyubi. Assalamualaikum, dear brothers and sisters, and welcome back to our lessons on the Lamiya of Sheikh Islam Ibn Taymiyyah. In today's lesson, insha'Allah, we will take some lines which mainly have to do with our belief in the ayat that contain the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Shaykh says, Rahimuhullah, And all the verses of the attributes. I affirm them in truth, just as the first and best of generations have transmitted without explaining them away. Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah says in Minhaj al-Sunnah, the way of the Salaf of this nation and its Imams is that they describe Allah with what he described himself with and with that which the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam described him without distorting the meaning, without denial, asking how or resembling Allah to the creation. Affirmation of the attributes without resembling Allah to the creation and exonerating Allah from all imperfections or declaring Allah free from all imperfections without denying his attributes. My dear brothers and sisters, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, لَيْسَ كَمِثْلِهِ شَيْءٍ وَهُوَ السَّمِيعُ الْبَصِيرُ There is nothing like unto him and he is the all-hearing, the all-seeing. Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah said, in his saying, لَيْسَ كَمِثْلِهِ شَيْءٍ There is nothing like unto him, is a refutation of those who resemble Allah to the creation, who are known as the Mushabbiha. And in his saying, وَهُوَ السَّمِيعُ الْبَصِيرُ He is the all-hearing, the all-seeing, is a refutation of those who deny the attributes of Allah, or those who are known as Al-Mu'attila. So my dear brothers and sisters, there is nothing like Allah, not in his essence, nor his attributes, nor his actions. So here we also learn that there's two extremes. The extreme of the Mu'attila, and those who took their way, those who denied Allah's attributes subhanahu wa ta'ala, and the Mushabbiha, those who likened Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to the creation. In the next line, the Shaykh says, and I return the obligatory responsibility towards their verses to those who transmitted them intact, and I protect them from all that is imagined with respect to their realities. So in this line, my dear brothers and sisters, the Sheikh is telling us that he believes in all of the attributes mentioned in the book, meaning in the Quran and the Sunnah of the Prophet He believes in them with the meaning that is required by the Arabic language. However, he affirms these attributes in a manner befitting Allah's majesty. For example, if he affirms the face of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, I affirm for Allah a face which is befitting his majesty. This, my dear brothers and sisters, is to be said 
concerning all the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned in the Quran and authentic sunnah. Whether they are attributes of the self, like we just mentioned, or attributes of action, like al-istiwa, rising above the throne, and nuzul, descending to the lowest heaven, and the like of this, in accordance to what was believed and affirmed by the first generation from the companions, their students, tabi'un, and their successors, the salaf, the three praiseworthy generations whom the Prophet ﷺ praised and commended. Now in, in the line which says وَأَصُونُهَا عَنْ كُلِّ مَا يُتَخَيَّلُوا And I protect them, meaning all Allah's names and attributes, from all that is imagined with respect to their realities. Meaning I protect them from every form of resemblance to the creation that is imagined by the minds. In the next line, Disgraced for the one who threw the Qur'an behind his back and when asked to provide evidence for his doctrine, he says, Al-Akhtalu said. In this line, my dear brothers and sisters, is a criticism of anyone who abandons the Qur'an and Sunnah when presenting evidences and instead quotes the saying of the disbelieving Christian known as Al-Akhtal. Whoever does this is deserving to be criticized and described with wickedness and disgrace and dishonor because he abandoned the truth and embraced falsehood. Now the statement here, citing the saying of Al-Akhtal as an evidence, is referring to what the Asha'ira use to falsely interpret Al-Istiwa, the rising above the throne, to mean conquering. And they cite the saying of Al-Akhtalu as proof, which is translated to mean Bishr conquered Iraq without a sword or the spilling of any blood. They say the meaning of istiwa here is istawla, which means to conquer. And citing this as evidence, as the ulama have said, is incorrect and rejected. This is because if it is said regarding Bishr, that he conquered Iraq, since he had not conquered it prior to that, then this will be correct as it pertains to the creation. However, this is incorrect as it applies to the Creator, because no one was in control of his throne prior to him, subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is obvious, yet Allah informed us that it is not the eyes that are blinded, but it is the heart and the chest that are blinded. Who is it that can contest with Allah or compete with Allah? the Lord of the creation, and has power over his throne prior to him. We seek refuge with Allah from such misguidance. Now my dear brothers and sisters, regarding the belief of Ahl sunnah wal Jama'ah in the topic of the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, a few important rules and guidelines that we must abide by. All the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are tawqifiyyah, meaning they can only be known through divine revelation and sound texts of hadith with no room for ishtihad. Therefore, it is not permissible for anyone to ascribe to Allah, to call Allah by any name by which he did not call himself, or by which his messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam did not ascribe to him. There is no room whatsoever for working out the divine names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the basis of reason or what one feels is appropriate or personal opinion or ishtihad. Rather, his names are as proven by the authentic texts of the Qur'an and authentic sunnah. Another principle of the belief of Ahl sunnah regarding Allah's beautiful names is that his names 
the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are more specific than his attributes. And his attributes are more specific than his actions. Another principle regarding Allah's beautiful names and attributes, it is not allowed to ascribe or give any name to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the basis of an attribute that is proven or on the basis of an action that he ascribed for himself. Whereas attributes may be derived from his names and his actions may be worked out on the basis of many of his attributes. Another principle regarding Allah's beautiful names is that they are not limited to a specific number. And the same may be said concerning his attributes. And these names refer to attributes. So his names and attributes are not limited to a specific number. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has names that he has kept to himself in the knowledge of the unseen with him. As is found in the hadith where the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the long dua, I ask you by every name belonging to you, which you have named yourself with, or revealed in your book, or you taught to any of your creation, or you have preserved in the knowledge of the unseen with you, that you may make the Qur'an the life of my heart. And this hadith is found in Musnad Ahmad and has been classified as Sahih by Shaykh al-Albani rahimuhullah. So my dear brothers and sisters, the divine attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are known in general terms and are affirmed, but we do not know how they are. So the believer understands them in one way, but does not understand them in another way. He is aware in terms of affirming and knowing that they exist, but he is not aware in terms of understanding how they are and their precise definition. First, we may combine affirming what Allah has affirmed for himself and rejecting any distortion, likening him to his creation, or saying that we do not know what is meant. This is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants from us by telling us about his attributes so that we may know him through them and believe that they are real and we may deny that they are like the attributes of any of his creation. Now my dear brothers and sisters, many have strayed from the correct way, from the path of the Salaf. And we can basically break them up into three groups. Those who say that the divine attributes are imaginary, those who misinterpret the divine attributes, and those who say we do not know what the divine attributes mean. Now as for those who say that the divine attributes or the sifat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are imaginary, they are the philosophers, and those who follow their path among the scholars of Kalam and the Sufis. They say that what the Messenger وسلم, mentioned about faith and the last day is imaginary and serves to help people understand and benefit so that the public can benefit. It is not speaking of reality and is not something to guide people to the truth or explain facts. And there is no disbelief greater than this. Now, Ahl al-Ta'wil or those who misinterpret the divine attributes are those who say that in the religious texts that speak about the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam did not mean that people should believe in something false. Rather, he intended some meanings but did not explain what they are and never indicated that to the people. Rather, he wanted them to think and find out the truth by means of their reasoning, then strive to interpret these texts in a manner other than what the apparent meaning would indicate. Thus his aim was to test them and make them strive, think hard and use their reasoning in order to find an interpretation other than what the apparent meaning would indicate and to learn about the truth through something other than these religious texts. 
And this is the approach of the scholars of Kalam, the Jahmiyyah, the Mu'tazila, and those who followed their way. What their words imply of the intention to mislead people and their lack of sincerity towards them is very obvious, and their words go against what the Prophet ﷺ brought and are contrary to what Allah ascribed to him of compassion and mercy. These people pretend to support the Sunnah, but in reality they do not support Islam, nor could they defeat the philosophers. Rather, they open the door to people of misguidance and encourage the corrupt to interpret the Quran and Sunnah in whatever way they wanted. Then those who say that we do not know what these attributes mean, from Ahlul Tafweed or the Mufawwidah, those who say that we do not know what the divine attributes mean, are those who say that the Messenger وسلم, did not know the meanings of what was revealed to him, of verses that speak of the divine attributes, and Jibril did not know the meanings of the verses, and neither did the first generations. That is like what they say about the hadiths that speak of the divine attributes. And they say that the Messenger وسلم, spoke words of which he did not know the meanings. Now this is the view of many of those who claim to follow the Sunnah and the followers of the Salaf. They say regarding the verses and the hadith that speak about the divine attributes, no one knows their meanings except Allah. And they quote as evidence for that the verse in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and no one knows its true interpretation except Allah. Quoting Surah Ali Imran, ayah number 7, and they say, these texts are to be understood in accordance with the apparent meaning, and for them what they appear to mean is that they have a meaning which only Allah knows. So my dear brothers and sisters, to summarize and conclude, it is upon us to believe and affirm in all Allah's names and attributes, as he has mentioned them in the Qur'an and upon the tongue of the Prophet Muhammad wasallam in the authentic sunnah. We believe in them without distorting their meaning or wording, without denying them, without likening Allah to the creation, and without saying and asking how they are and imagining how they are. We believe and affirm in awe of Allah's beautiful names and lofty attributes as they have come in the Qur'an and authentic sunnah. Because no one knows Allah better than himself and then no one knows Allah better after Allah knowing himself than the Prophet Muhammad wasallam. We believe in all that they have said. We affirm all Allah's names and attributes according to their apparent literal meaning without distorting, without denying and without likening Allah to the creation and without giving a how to these attributes which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not inform us of. And with that we conclude, Allahu A'lam wa sallallahu ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. Wa jami'u ayati sifati umiruha haqqan kama naqalat tirazu al-awwalu وأرد عهدتها إلى نقالها وأصونها عن كل ما يتخيل قبحا لمن نبذ الكتاب وراءه وإذا استدل يقول قال الأخطل